Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. So we want to thank HEV for making today's podcast possible. HEV makes it a priority to get involved and make a difference in the lives of friends and neighbors. HEB Operation Appreciation is a company-wide campaign created to honor the brave men and women of the U.S. Armed Forces, men and women who are HEB partners and customers, friends, and family. Operation Appreciation partners with organizations like us, the Military Child Education Coalition that supports U.S. troops and their families. In contributing time, talent, and financial support, HEB recognizes and appreciates the dedication and sacrifices service members make on behalf of the nation. So for our listeners in Texas, check out one of your neighborhood HEB grocery stores. And HEB, thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome, everyone, to our podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Susan Sellers. I'm a spouse of an active duty service member, parent to three military kids, master parent-to-parent educator, and now podcast host of the Military Child Education Coalition. Joining me today is Emma Grace to share her story about college and how the path to the future is different for everyone. Emma Grace, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you're currently finishing your senior year in college as a communications major, but I know picking this major and getting to this point hasn't been easy. Can you share with our listeners about the first years at college? Of course. So um, kind of just a roadmap to my college career. I graduated high school and my parents kind of sat me down um, informally and said, we just don't really know if college is for you. Um, I've never really enjoyed school very much. So um, I kind of came to college to prove my parents wrong. I kind of came to college to say, I can do this. I know I can do this. And not only did I want to prove them wrong, but I wanted to do this. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to get um, my college degree. So I joined a lot of different groups throughout college. I was in a sorority. I um, did a lot of church involvement activities. And then I started changing my major. So I, my first major was education. Every woman in my family has been an education major, and I thought that would be the easiest thing to do. You have a job right when you get out. You know what you're going to do. Um, you're going to teach. And then from that, I decided being in a classroom is not where I want to be for the rest of my life. Um, so I went to change my major to marketing. Um, and at my school, marketing is a very hard degree to get into because it's in our business program. And um, after marketing, I 
decided that was not my thing. Business was not my thing. So I changed my major to communications and did a few internships and decided communications was what I wanted to stick with. Well, as you're navigating, and I think that's really common for a lot of kids, you know, when they're entering school to have sort of a concept of what they think they want to do, but as Mm -hmm. time goes by and their experiences grow, you know, they go in different directions. And I know you landed on communications, but when we were talking in our planning meeting, you know, you had shared with me that uh, there were a couple of things that had happened in your life that sort of made you take pause and decide that maybe you needed to look for some balance or just some purpose in your life. Can you share with our listeners about, you know, one of these events? I think it was a mission trip to Costa Rica. Is that right? So I went on a mission trip to Costa Rica my sophomore year um, during our spring break. And while I was in Costa Rica, I realized that I was a little less interested in school than um, I had originally thought. And while I was there, I had a revelation that I did not necessarily need to be in school right now. I kind of needed to find um, a purpose and balance before I could completely focus and commit to um, doing school. Okay, so when you kind of had you know had this experience and went to Costa Rica, you're coming back, you're not feeling really motivated about college. Um, you're, I know you said you know you've been changing majors, kind of questioning your path. Mm-hmm. Something happened. An uh, organization called Samaritan's Purse kind of came into the picture. How how did that happen? What kind of led you to um, consider working for Samaritan's Purse? Right, looking back on it now everything kind of aligned for me to work for Samaritan's Purse perfectly so when I was in high school I was living um, in Columbus Georgia on Fort Benning and my mom and her friends I would babysit for people throughout um, the base and I happened to get a nanny job one summer with the Grahams and Franklin Graham is the CEO of Samaritan's Purse, and I was nannying for his son and their family. I did not really know who the Grahams were at that point. Um, They were just a family that I was nannying for, and I really loved them, loved their children. Then fast forward my sophomore year of college, I had just gotten back from my mission trip to Costa Rica, I was on the phone with my dad randomly one day when I was running errands and he suggested Samaritan's Purse when I was expressing my thoughts about school and how I just needed to figure things out. So he suggested Samaritan's Purse as a way for me to kind of refocus and realign what I really wanted to do with my life. And then um, once, he brought that up. I kind of just tucked it away in my back pocket. I didn't really think much about it. I was like, okay, yeah, seems cool, dad, whatever. And then one day I was in class and um, I was on my computer taking notes. One thing led to another. I was on Google typing in Samaritan's Purse and I decided to apply for their internship program after reading what they were and what they were really about. 
So can you tell our listeners a little bit, for example, you know, share with them what is the mission statement of Samaritan's Purse and what drove you after you looked them up? Like, what did you like about this organization? Right. So one thing that I really loved about Samaritan's Purse is that they have the capacity to do a lot of things. And not only do they do a lot of things, but they do a lot of things well. So um, they essentially are a relief organization. They um, provide relief to hurting countries, but not only that, if a natural disaster comes through, they are usually one of the first organizations that are called to come help because they will be there quickly and they will do their work um, very well. So that was attractive to me about Samaritan's Purse. And I was also... um, really into Samaritan's Purse because they say in some countries where they see that development work can be helpful. Um, So for some other organizations that I know do similar things, they uh, are not necessarily providing sustainable and applicable things for these countries to do. Um, So Samaritan's Purse kind of set them apart from that because they are staying in these countries long-term, they're employing the local people, and they are um, helping develop the countries in a way that will last. Well, it sounds like a fantastic organization, and and myself and my husband, we're very familiar with Samaritan's Purse, so I'm excited for you. So you got an internship with them. Mm -hmm. So starting your junior year, you headed to Cambodia. So have you ever been out of the country before? The only time I had been out of the country prior to this was to Costa Rica, and I was only there for about five days. Okay. So what were were your expectations uh, when you headed out for Cambodia? Yeah, I kind of expected to go to Cambodia and to be roughing it a little bit. I thought I was going to live in a village. I didn't really know. um, I didn't really have many details. So I just kind of went into this thinking that it would be like previous mission trips I had been on before. Um, That being said, I didn't think that I would be in an office with as many Cambodian people as I was. I thought I would be in an office with a lot of Americans, Americans, working with me, but that was not the case. So you ended up actually having um, more relationships with the local people. It wasn't just kind of a drop-in, drop-out experience because you were there for, what, three, six months? I was there for four and a half months, yeah. Four and a half months, okay. Mm -hmm. So how do you think being a military kid helped you with this internship in Cambodia? My sister and I always make this little comment that being a military child has kind of um, made us chameleons in a sense. Um, So by saying that, we kind of mean that being a chameleon, being a military child are similar because you can kind of go anywhere and blend in once you start moving around a lot. Um, You have that notch in your belt where you can – just kind of make friends with people and blend in and get to know the crowd and who you're with. So 
being able to adjust my personality and adjust to different environments has um, really helped me in my internships that I've done with Samaritan's Purse, as well as just when you move, when you're going to different schools and living in different neighborhoods and trying to get um, involved in different sports or clubs at these schools, you really have to put yourself out there. And I think that's also super applicable to the real world when you're going into college or when you're coming out of college, you're going to have to put yourself out there, whether it's in a job or in the classroom setting of college. So I think that was really well said. And as you mentioned, you know, you actually ended up having a chance to have another internship with Samaritan's Purse, and this mm-hmm. time it was in Haiti. So I'm curious, between the two experiences that you had, what do you think you learned the most about yourself? Yeah, so in both of these internships in Cambodia and in Haiti, I was a communications intern. So that, my first internship in Cambodia, really did kind of shed some light on what I wanted to do. When I was in Cambodia, I was doing a lot of photography, a lot of interviewing with the beneficiaries, and a lot of writing and editing for monthly reports or um, articles and press releases that were going to be going out um, within the government in Cambodia. While I was in Haiti, I was doing more administrative work, so I was filling out some Excel spreadsheets. I was still doing some communications work. Um, I wrote a few impact stories on some of the children, and I took some pictures. I was responsible for some videos, but for the most part, I was doing administrative work and um, random tasks around the office just to make their jobs easier. Well, I think, Emma Grace, I think your path is definitely unique, but the struggle, you know, whether to attend college and what you major in is not. You know, there's a lot of kids, military otherwise, that that go through that uh, just like you did. So I'm curious, what kind of advice would you share with other military kids like yourself? I think my um, first piece of advice would be find a way to be able to see the finish line. For me, I couldn't see the finish line. I couldn't see what I was working towards. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I was just kind of blindly doing this college thing. And that's why I've changed my major so many times. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I also didn't know what degree would let me do what I want to do when I got out of college. So um, I thought that a marketing major going to business school, I thought that would look good on paper. But in reality, did I want to be um, in the business world when I got out of school? Uh, I didn't. So being able to go to Cambodia and see what a communications major, what my communications degree could actually let me do once I graduated college was um, super beneficial for me to go back to college and then say, okay, this is what I'm working towards now. Also, I think getting experience in what you want to do in your field is super beneficial. You, um, I highly encourage getting internships throughout your college career so you can see, okay, I like that. I didn't like this. Um, maybe that can influence what your major is. 
and also it makes you more appealing once you get out in the real world to say, okay, I have experience. I haven't just sat in the classroom the last four years. So, I think that's all great advice, and I think even utilizing their military upbringing, you know, to face these challenges and to turn those actually into assets will will certainly be uh, great advice for our kids as well. So, you know, what makes our podcast special are the stories. So I just would love if you have any final stories or any advice that you would like to share. I do. One story that particularly comes to my mind is, a story from Cambodia. I was probably my second month in um, into my internship. I had done a few trips out to the field, which is where our projects are, but I had never gotten to do an interview before. So this was my third trip out to the field, but I was doing my first interview with a beneficiary. And this particular project, is one of my favorites. It's called Oasis of Hope. And they essentially have found that bringing clean water into these villages and into these communities gives families um, hope. And they have more ways to cook, more ways to um, grow agriculture and livelihoods and whatnot. So they found that doing that actually reduces the number of migration and human human trafficking. Um, this particular village is super close to the Thailand border, so a lot of Thai brokers will come over into Cambodia and will human traffic Cambodian people um, over to Thailand. So I was interviewing a woman. They didn't really tell me much about her story, so I was asking my basic questions. Um, how did you hear about Samaritan's Purse? What are you doing? Um, have you ever been trafficked? And she just started letting the waterworks flow. She was crying, and um, I didn't really know why. She started speaking Khmer, which is the Cambodian language, and I had a translator with me. And she said that she had been trafficked, her and her husband both, and while they were there, her husband died. And I said, okay, um, how did he die? was asking more questions. And they had been in Thailand for 21 days working there illegally. And their broker that was in charge of them had led her husband kind of down the wrong path. He had gotten in trouble with the Thai government. And they didn't really know what they were going to do. They also weren't being given the money that they were promised, so they didn't have a way to get back to Cambodia. Everything was going wrong for them, and uh, he killed himself. So she came home Hmm. one day from work, and he had committed suicide, and they had been in Thailand for three weeks working. And then she had to make the trek back to Cambodia with her dead husband so that they could bury him on Cambodian soil and that story has stuck with me ever since I think that might have been one of the best stories I've ever written just because of how authentic and raw she was being during our interview but also that 
I could give her a voice. I could share her story and I could let other people know that you might be going to Thailand, you think, to be working, but you are not. It's actually, there's so much more to it and so much hurt that comes from it, even though they think it's going to be great for them and great for their families in the long run and that they'll come back to Cambodia in one piece, but that's not always the case. So interviewing that lady and um, being able to tell her story is really what has inspired me and kept me going throughout my college career so that I can do that every day and give people a voice and share their stories and honor their stories. Well, I, I got to tell you, Emma, that is definitely um, a, a story that I think would stick with anyone. And mm-hmm. I just, I think it's a huge blessing that in your search for uh, your finish line, uh, as you mentioned, that you actually came across not only a, a great job in the future, but just a purpose in life and, and having, like you said, sh- having a voice to share, especially for others that perhaps aren't able to, that are, you know, for serious issues that, that need that attention. And now that you have that direction, I'm looking forward to uh, what you write in the future. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. sure our listeners will be interested to hear more about operate was Operation Water. Yeah, that project is Oasis of Hope. Oasis of Hope, yes. That's really inc- incredible how clean water can, can make such a significant difference in, in people's yeah. lives. So, Emma Grace, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. We really, really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And I just think so many of us can relate to your journey, and I appreciate your courage, you know, just for sharing um, with others your experience and and, you know, your challenges that you faced. And I know that you're going to have a very exciting future and we're going to wish you the best of luck in your final year of school. I think you you truly have found the path. Um, So I couldn't be happier for you for that. So, and I just want to thank our listeners, um, as always, for tuning in to the show today. Be sure to follow us so that you have access to all our podcasts first. You can also leave us a comment, or if you particularly liked the episode, please share and let us know. We're always looking for new topic ideas, and I wish you a great day. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.